This is The Social Geek Radio Network. Hello, geeks, and welcome to Social Geek Radio. I'm Jack Munson, your host and marketing conciliary. Today's guest is Teresa Selmer, and today's episode is brought to you by Consumer Fusion, Thrive, and True Presence. True Presence has an integrated digital marketing platform for franchises and multi-location businesses with a marketing tech stack that powers your website, email marketing, e-commerce, social media, and directories management. True Presence has developed a new technology that can better track franchise websites, including franchise microsites. They track and report on 75 SEO attributes that indicate health. They compare franchise locations to each other and to local competitors and report back to you what needs improvement in order to perform better. Learn more at truepresence.com. Teresa Selmer is the Senior VP of Marketing at Bright Star Care, and she joins us for the first time on Social Geek Radio today. Hey, Teresa, how are you? I am very happy to be here. Very thrilled to be part of your series. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. Can't wait to chat a little marketing with you on this Marketing Monday, which is actually a Tuesday due to the holiday. But uh, uh, so many things that we need to catch up on, including all of the great chatter at uh, the Franchise Consumer Experience Conference from a couple of weeks ago. Before we get there, for any of our listeners who maybe aren't as familiar with Bright Star Care as I am, give us a little bit on the brand itself and a little background on the brand. Absolutely. Well, full disclosure, I cannot talk about Bright Star Care without first introducing listeners to Shelly Sun. Mm. She's not only my boss and the CEO, but she's the founder. She's not, she is one of the most driven people in, on the planet, in my opinion, as well, too. But this makes a real big difference in our brand story. So she had a vision, I'd say about 20 years ago. So we're celebrating our 20th anniversary in the fall. She wanted the highest quality care in home care. And this is when there are no standards, no guarantees from any brand or governing body in the home. So imagine it, it could be Jack's home care or Teresa's home care, but no one is driving standards. So whether it's personal or companion care, she literally was so focused on committing to not only to differentiate, but to enrich the lives of our clients. So think of everyone from pediatrics all the way to seniors. She just wanted to set that bar so high and continue to elevate it. So what she did is she started with nurse-led care. So imagine a nurse assessing the individual needs of every client in their home. And again, ensuring that the care that they get is individualized. So Jack, your mom, my mom, they're different, right? So the care should be different. And that's what Shelly wanted to deliver. But then Shelly literally joined forces with the Joint Commission and Joint Commission accreditation. And I say that slowly, right? What does accreditation mean? <laughs> accredited by the Joint Commission translates into kind of getting a gold seal of approval and quality. So from the same organization, who accredits all of our hospitals we walk into. So I'm sure Jack, as well as our listeners, no one wants to walk into a hospital that's not accredited. Right. The same thing you should think about with home care. 
And this is something very special to our brand only. Competitors don't have this. So truly at the end of the day, this means that we're committed to clinical quality in every way. And tuning our horn a little bit here is for the last 10 years running, Brightstar has achieved what's called the enterprise champion for quality in home care because we have dedicated nurses leading the care. So you can imagine during the pandemic, all of these clinical practices really kept our parents, our kids, our grandparents really safe at home. And the pandemic though, really also changed the entire landscape for where care is managed. So what used to be in a hospital setting or a facility, care is moving into the home and Brightstar is absolutely performing, delivering and ready for that right now. I love that story on a couple of levels. One, exactly what you were saying about the pandemic, you know, for the, the 18 years prior to the pandemic, since Shelly started this, a lot of people really didn't think too much about home care, or it was just something that would happen eventually. And no one really put a lot of thought into it, but um, that changed with the news and the media and, and everything else we learned over the past couple of years. And, and I also want to get back to what you were saying about sort of setting this, this brand standard. We talked to a lot of people on this podcast about people who started a brand or started a franchise. She really started a standard or, or maybe, maybe we'll call it a, a movement someday to that even though your competitors aren't quite there yet, at some point in the day, you're making your competitors better by keeping that, that brand bar moving up. Correct. And I think that you'll, we'll see that from our competitors, not setting the bar as high, but they're actually considering, for example, nurses helping out. But the big difference is that they're not joint commission accredited. Mm. So to have a nurse on staff is you can say that, right. But to really deliver on a nurse who comes in the home, the plan of care is set and delivers on a higher standard each and every day because of that accreditation it's really no comparison. So Shelly took it upon herself, even through legislation during the pandemic, to make sure, again, that home care was considered health care, and it really protected even the staff within our 15,000-plus caregivers and our 5,000-plus nurses across the nation so that it could continue to do that care during the pandemic. That's a lot of people, and uh, and I do want to talk about staffing and recruitment and some of the other things that uh, you and I were talking about a couple of weeks ago in Atlanta. Before we get there, give us a little bit of your backstory. How did you get involved in franchising, and then how did you get involved with Brightstar? Well, you know, I've only been out of school a couple of years, so it's a really short story. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I would just let that say... one go. Come on. <laughs> Let's say um, I have, I would say, a few decades of leading somewhat challenger brands. So anything from event marketing, brand, product, channel marketing, and leading small business units, I'd have to kind of position myself as that I've embraced the full view of the customer journey. So everything from ideation all the way to distribution. So much like your podcast is, I am a self-proclaimed marketing geek for sure. And it really, I would say I'm wired and inspired by all the insights that really swirl around all the multiple audiences. 
And then all these pathways that we engage with these audiences, this is what gives me the inspiration, the depth and the breadth of this whole strat of our strategy in order to really drive, um, I'd say a brand worthy. So my wildly diverse industry experience ranges from the gaming industry, where I worked at Bally for video poker and slot machines to Fellows Office products, Bosch Power Tools, and just prior to Brightstar, I led the brand at Ace Hardware. So what's really interesting is the common thread, even as diverse as that sounds, the common thread was really owning that customer journey. Brightstar Care brand here has this very bold vision, strong growth, and a huge heart, I would say, and these are all truly working in unison. So it's a very emotional category, I would say. And our, our marketing is responsible for really striking a chord with the emotive as well as that pragmatic side. So it's not only a very challenging time for family members and very emotional, but we also need to provide care and that caregiver needs to be there from eight to five. So very pragmatic and taking care of things. So making sure all of this comes through and how we communicate the brand. So I kind of see it as I'm responsible for that full funnel assault to drive awareness for our brand to help more people convert and get them all the way through the funnel and really build loyalty. So to us, to our business, the journey consists of home care clients, our B2B partners and employees, as you mentioned earlier, Jack. And again, most importantly, we focus on recruitment and retention with such intentionality because I kind of see it as it's the yin to that customer yang. So if we don't have a great team of nurses and caregivers, we won't be able to serve our customers. So it's top priority for the entire organization in every department really, because we really need to grow that workforce. So I kind of see this again, in order for us to truly get it done, there's a lot of collaborative partnerships I've developed within the organization from technology and operations. And as you mentioned, again, the franchise organization, it's not only the franchisor setting up a great engine, but it needs to, again, complement what needs to get done externally kind of with our franchisees. So really building kind of a wealth of expertise and all the data that resides in between all these transactions we can truly own and understand the journey like no other brand. So we had a few um, marketing pros and, and some operations experts and, and some other areas too, but uh, just focusing on the marketing side of things at this uh, franchise customer experience conference a couple of weeks ago, we got several marketing pros together to share uh, what they're doing and, and what's working for them on many topics. And you were talking a lot about local marketing and, and driving revenue for those local small businesses. Tell me a little bit about your panel and some of the things that, that came up in that discussion. I was really honored to lead this panel and I was joined by a few Goldfish School experts as well as home-based franchise group. And as, I, as we were packaging up our presentation, you look at Brightstar with about 365 locations. Goldfish School has about 130 and home base 150. And it worked out beautifully in that we all had a very diverse strategy, uh, a diverse tactical plan of how we really approach local marketing. 
So I really felt that did a really good service for those in the audience. And I personally kicked it off with the national brand strategy. And then I delved deeper into what I say is the must-haves for local marketing. I introduced this recipe for success for local owners. And I'm telling you here right now, I'm not a baker here. I am a cook. Because again, <laughs> nothing <laughs> in our world of marketing is that calculated and precise, right? right? So every market has its nuances. So customization is key, but it's kind of that 80-20 rule. While we foundationally can have some consistency across 80% of the time, we have to be alert and be ready to deliver on that customization. So when we want to drive continuity and consistency, it also needs to be joined with simplification. So I've made up four key ingredients in, my, in our recipe for local franchisees to embrace. The first is investment. Number one, investment. So owners need to commit to a plan and invest. And whatever might be in the franchise agreement sometimes doesn't always come to life, right? So always planning for it. How much, when, but the whole asterisk here is it's always on. It's not just when they need clients. It's just not when they need employees. It has to be always on. Number two, strength in the basics. I really reinforce about don't overcomplicate things. We kind of use the term, we need our marketing hygiene, right? You need the basics. You got to be your website, SEO, and reviews and social before you go real fancy in those shiny, shiny things of digital that might distract when they don't even have the foundational kind of basics there. So within those basics, though, we take our franchisees and we ask them this, are you a DIYer or are you a DIFMer? So again, if you're not DIYing, Mr. Owner, Mr. Franchisee, you're not doing it yourself, you're a DIFMer, meaning you want someone to do it for you. So you either add people to the team or you hire an outside agency. So those local marketing partners, for example, Reach Local is one of our key marketing partners that we endorse. And again, in the franchise world, they can choose whoever they want to work with. But when we endorse and work closely with these partners, we find that the owners have a sense of confidence that they're going with the right people and is a higher caliber partner in order for them to really get what they need at the local level. What's your split right now with those those uh, those franchisees who want to do it themselves or have someone do it for them? Or is it is it anywhere near 50-50 or is it a lot more lopsided than that? It is more lopsided. I would say that if I were to break the network into a percentage, about a third of them are doing it all DIY. And it's whether you're a small operator or whether you have multi-units, they just embrace marketing. They want to be part of it. They've set up the team. And then there's that middle third that is doing a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. They don't want to relinquish all that control to someone else, but they really want to stay connected. And then at the other end is the other third. And they've already realized the value of being always on. And they've also come to terms that they can't do it. So they've hired an agency to package it up in such a way that they're able to be committed to a local marketing plan. It feels like that's a pretty healthy split, you know, to kind of uh, knock it out third by third by third, because there are 
some business owners who just really should not touch this at all, right? Um, they they didn't get into this to become a local marketing expert. They got into this to own a business and and run a business. And, and then you will have some on the other end of the spectrum who maybe have some experience or they just have a passion for marketing or they're just really good at it, right? So right. Um, I, I love that you have this, this pretty even split across the system. I, I do talk to some systems that it's sort of all or nothing. And um, to me, I'm not really sure how many franchisees fit into some all or nothing program like that. So I, I think that that feels like a pretty healthy uh, level there. Yeah, I, I'm always impressed with those who have made that decision to invest with a local outside partner because they, you know, again, give up a little bit of the control, right? Mm-hmm. But what happens is they see the results. So these partners are not just, oh, I'm going to do some nice things on your website. I'm going to do a little PPC and digital and social. They're able to bring forward the data. So that's where building confidence and trust. These partners are really key. Back in a moment after this word from Consumer Fusion. Consumer Fusion helps franchises attract customers online with their AI-powered reputation platform. With more than 70,000 illegitimate negative reviews removed, Consumer Fusion allows franchise brands to maximize their digital footprint with reputation management, local SEO, and social media, including automated owner's responses and integrated review generation tools. Get started with a one-month free pilot and learn why brands trust Consumer Fusion with their online reputation. Visit ConsumerFusion.com pilot. Consumer Fusion, keeping reviews honest. Okay, I think we left off just before uh, point number three of your uh, best practices. Very good. The recipe continues here. So yes, measure <laughs> what matters. <laughs> mm. I say avoid this trap of reporting on everything. I think that it's not over, only overwhelming for a marketer who's got to manage this, but imagine our owners who have no background in marketing and all of a sudden we're throwing all this data at them. So building dashboards that are simple and actionable. So really trying to weed through, it's like kind of a combination of what are your leading indicators or your lagging indicators to really influence. So yes, now is the time to add more money to the budget versus what am I getting? I don't know what I'm getting. I don't feel it. All those kind of um, skeptics might say. So simplicity with dashboards. The fourth ingredient ingredient is openness to explore. Mm. And I would say- Tell us about that. It's, I would, I call it, so it's Teresa, middle name, middle name pilots is definitely uh, a focus. So I'm stealing this from a former boss, but it was test, learn, refine, scale. And this came from my franchising world. Test, learn, refine, scale. And I think that by having that mentality, owners are becoming more open to trying new things because marketing's landscape is changing rapidly. Mm-hmm. And it always has been, I would say, but more so now, and especially through a pandemic and especially the way we communicate with one another. So even though it might make them uncomfortable at first, 
they're entrepreneurs and they're really willing to say, okay, I'm going to take a certain portion of my budget for this, for these 90 days and see what happens. So that is really kind of in a nutshell, what I talked about. And that really we segue then to the goldfish school team who was amazing. So they dug deeper into the team dynamics. So they have a team of marketing consultants. And for me, and how I interpret it is that they've got one in each region and they are truly an extension to that local owner's marketing efforts. It's almost like they are, they literally embrace the needs of the local, what those nuances and differences are by region. And they give them training, best practices, they document everything, like who's responsible for what, and all the digital playbooks. So the audience in at this session was really seeking even more insights and in how that works. Because I think everyone as a franchisor and franchisees are really always struggling with how do we communicate marketing to our audience of owners. So yeah. they did such a good job, I would say, with that. And then lastly, it was Kayla Ryan. So Kayla Ryan's from Home-Based Franchise Group. So it's her, I would say, presentation, one word, provocative. Mm. She is a team of one. There's 150 locations for like multiple home-based brands. She opened with this. Traditional marketing is becoming obsolete as we know it. It's like, wow. <laughs> did anyone get upset about that? I, I hope they did. <laughs> <laughs> she quickly offered a solution. So she Good. got into conversational marketing. Yes. So again, conversational marketing, it's a true interaction between customers and a real human being. So it's not just a chat bot that's talking, but this is where answers, or excuse me, questions are answered, concerns are addressed, and really providing this again, an opportunity to get even deeper into what those clients' needs are. So just think of it this way. Think of your messenger as that one-on-one calm with potential clients. It's conversational marketing. And she says in order to attract people to kind of get them there, she uses very specific, like solution-based ads versus maybe some general advertising. So case in point, if she's going to do bathroom repair versus just home repair, she found that she not only attracted the right audience, but once they got the the audience and those target users or consumers in, they're able to engage immediately on a one-on-one. So you're sitting there thinking, huh, this, how would that work for home care? How would that work for a swim school, right? So then we kind of look back and how did this really, what does deliver? She finished her presentation with this. 39% 39% same, same store sales increase, all attributed to her conversational marketing. 39%. I hope some so people in the, in the room really stood up and took note at 39% increase. I know. I, I, it, it was very bold in her presentation. She further reinforced that this is real. People don't want to be treated one of many. They want it to be one-on-one. So through, again, technology, one-on-one, messenger, attracting this audience and getting them to say things they may not even say if they filled out a form, right? Right. Privacy and stuff. You may not want to know what neighborhood I'm in or the size of my house, right? But if I'm in messenger, you actually can peel back that onion 
get them exactly what they need, whether it's a bathroom repair or the kitchen maintenance around the house. So it really became kind of a aha moment for all of us. Yeah. I love her whole concept of conversational marketing, mostly because it's taking place in a, in a place where customers feel comfortable. And, and I think that's something that we just never got right with form fills, right. Mm -hmm. Or, or maybe even website pages, but there's something about having that conversation with a real person, what a concept, right? Uh, having a conversation right. with a real person um, just brings someone through that customer journey all that much faster. So um, sounds like you had an amazing event. Were there any other uh, trends or uh, uh, takeaways that you heard either in marketing itself or in, in the, the broader category of franchising that um, that you were chatting about with folks at the FCXC? Yeah, I'd say there's probably three that really stood out to me. And this might, the first one might be a little redundant, but it really comes down to this. So just more recently, Brightstar, we've always done a national cable TV buy. Mm -hmm. And this past quarter, we moved into the world of OTT. So we're specifically Hulu. And we really needed to adjust our thinking to reach broader audiences. And it really is, again, this mindset of always thinking about what's next and how to reach our audiences. And I was really drawn to the fact that I saw this report from Comscore, and it tells us that 3 billion, with a B, digital engagements happen every minute. <laughs> 3 billion engagements every minute. And the consumers are spending about 11 hours a day with media. So no brand can afford to be stuck in the same media channels all the time, quarter after quarter, because otherwise we're not going to be able to reach our audiences and our audiences are changing mm -hmm. and diverse. And even that comment you made about conversational marketing too. I mean, our audiences for our customers, 85% of our leads that come in, it's all based on a phone call versus a form fill. They want to talk. They want to talk about their loved one who needs care. They don't want to fill out a form. So again, we need to find them, whether they're coming to our website, whether they came from a Hulu ad, whether it came from national TV or social. So the mindset of always be looking and exploring and testing is one. And that really came through, I'd say, in a lot of presentations. I saw QR codes on some connected TV ads through, I think it was Wild Birds on one presentation. Another presentation, again, digital and video become very prevalent. I'd say number two from my world specifically, but this also came through with some of my colleagues during the panel, is that the data analytics side of marketing. Marketing leadership admittedly is buried in all this data across so many so when you're trying to seek these insights to really influence the performance and, the, and understand the trends and kind of build your strategy, it was so important to me and my team for us to really own this. So we hired a marketing analyst earlier this year, and we have begun to uncover and understand more than we ever had before. And this, again, it really builds a collaboration between the data, the BI team, 
the FP&A folks, again, who are crunching all the numbers and revenue and kind of bringing it together. So I would say this bell cannot be rung loud enough that brands need to invest in a data analytics competency. And whether that's someone internal or external, because again, it's going to determine that whole customer journey. It's going to determine the decisions and how we spend and how we invest in each of those channels. And then last, you kind of tipped us off a little bit earlier, Jack, employer branding. So employer branding has been increasing in importance for all brands. So we have been, the last two years, been making an unprecedented shift in our dollars from consumer into recruitment, marketing, and retention. So we build creative that's emotive. And again, it's based on all this, this candidate journeys insights. So what we've done is we've broadened our channels, like I said, whether it's TV, it's Hulu, it's social and digital. I mean, we're reaching now national TV, not only as a brand for home care, but also as an employer for home care. So we're really kind of breaking things down and making sure that the message resonates not only as for someone seeking care, but someone seeking employment. And part of this investment also includes association. So I'm part of members of a talent marketing board. It's called talentmarketing.org. Because we are living through not only this heightened crisis, labor crisis, but we really needed our peers in multiple industries to really help support this. So imagine brands that are spanning across all these industries. It's 100% confidential. It's a vendor-free community. And we're open to discuss anything and everything related to talent marketing. It's absolutely inspiring. So whether my colleagues are coming from Hyatt, whether they're coming from Kinder Healthcare, whether they are coming from major financial, retail, any different industry, and we're all trying to learn this together because the business is so complex. And then we complement that with two full-time staff members. One focuses on retention and one focuses on recruitment. So again, because we're independently owned and operated, you know, the whole franchise organization, we drive a lot of the strategy to support them and provide guidance. Because at the end of the day, hiring happens at the local level. Yeah. But from a franchise or a standpoint, we can really help support them and get there. Yeah. And that's the support they need, especially right now. And, and you know, what I hear coming through loud and clear too is that, that you and your executive team understand the brand. You know, hiring and staffing is a problem for everybody, whether you're in home services or pizza or tacos or anything right now. But your people are really what the customers are coming to you for or, or the reason that they're, that they're there. So, um, yeah, it's, it's critical. It sounds like you've, um, you, I, I won't say you've, uh, you've solved every problem when it comes to staffing, but it seems like you're so far ahead of, of a lot of brands right now. Um, any sort of final thoughts on recruitment and staffing for people who are struggling with it right now that really haven't laid out this roadmap that, that uh, you've had laid out for a while, where should they start when it comes to solving some of their problems, maybe from a, a marketing and operations point of view? A couple of things come to mind, but the first is this, decide 
who you are as an employer. Mm. So make sure you evaluate those core values. And are those core values communicated in such a way that will draw people into your brand? So from a creative and a messaging standpoint, make sure that pillar, that message pillar is very clear. Because if you can't define it and demonstrate it, your audience of employees will never get it. So you need to be really, really clear. The second would be break down the candidate journey today. How easy or difficult is it? So do yourself your own audit. If I have to click on the website, click on careers, put in my zip code, get to the page, select the, the type of job I want. <laughs> and if you're nine clicks in and the person has not applied yet, you're going to lose the candidate. Yeah. They're going to expire very quickly. It, so it's so much like the customer journey. You know, it, yes. it's, it's got a different goal and a different message. And, and maybe you're, you're reaching a, an, an audience that's a bit different, but the tactics can be the same. Very much so. Exactly that. So we did a candidate journey research project in Q4. And we had had one done two and a half, three years prior, but we knew the whole landscape of the world had changed. And what really came back is that a job is not a job is not a job. You're an RN. You are going to go to LinkedIn. You'll go to Indeed. You'll go to job boards, whatever. You're going to, but if you're a caregiver, you might start in social media. Mm. You might start again, a digital in a more digitally savvy. You know, okay. So there's different nuances and the why you want to go to one company versus another. Is it the flexibility? Is it the benefits? Is it the technology? Is it the support they get within the office? All these things came out, but at the end of the day, back to that, every individual has their own need for employment and their desire for what they want from their employer. So figure out a way to not only in that creative to understand who you are, but really understand what the current journey is so that you can improve upon it and refine it. So I say that would be two really strong starting points. And then once you have that, then you're able to solve for the speed at which you can hire. Even the speed at which you can apply. Let's go back one step. The speed at which you can apply, because if I don't, if I'm applying for a position and I don't have someone call me within an hour, it's very likely I've already contacted your competitors. Right. Over. So right. the attraction part of it is through the messaging and then the whole process of and attracting that person to get into your applicant tracking system is really key. So make it really swift, not only to get them in to apply, but also 20 minutes is actually what people expect now. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> you there you go. 20 minutes. Otherwise they're on to the next brand. Right. 20 minutes is the magic time for content, for reading, for video, for listening and anything, you know, anything that's an hour, forget it. They've, they've already made a decision doing something else. And I'm talking about candidates. I'm talking about consumers. I'm talking about franchise candidates perhaps too. So yeah, speed is, is, is of the essence and it's all getting faster and faster every day. 
Uh, Teresa, thank you so much for sharing those points as well. And um, I'm sure some of our listeners would like to learn a little bit more about what you're doing and following your own journey. Where can we send those folks if they'd like to learn more? Sure. Well, of course, if you want to learn more about the brand, visit brightstarcare.com. But from a personal connection, just reach out to me via LinkedIn or teresa.selmer at brightstarcare.com. Whatever I can do to help anyone as we're in this all together. Before we go, a quick word from Thrive. Thrive is an end-to-end client experience software for growing franchise brands. With their turnkey solution, franchisors can be confident every location is running and growing on the same franchise marketing software. Easily view your best and worst performing locations, filtered by metrics such as geography, average order value, number of appointments, and more. Keep tabs on your entire business and individual locations all from one place. Check it out today at thrive.com slash features slash franchises. And thanks for listening to Social Geek. Your comeback of a lifetime starts now. This is the Social Geek Radio Network.